Holy wow. I cannot even believe that I'm saying this. Welcome to episode 40. 40 of Hurdle, a podcast that talks to everyone from entrepreneurs and CEOs to athletes about how they got through tough times, hurdles of sorts, by leaning into wellness. Today's live episode comes from a recent discussion I hosted in collaboration with WeWork Labs in New York City. And essentially, WeWork Labs is a home for early stage startups around the world, and they provide programming and resources to help entrepreneurs just like me give their big ideas a real shot. In the episode, I sit down with Adam Callen of Jane Motorcycles, Jesse Dover of Dagny Dover, and Mara Lighty and Naomi Hirabayashi of Shine. All four of these rock stars have worked their butts off to build great companies from the ground up. And that can obviously be a super stressful undertaking, total understatement. So we talked a lot about finding balance and how they make time for things like mindfulness and working out. And they offer up really great tips for incorporating the important stuff into your day to day routines. This pod is loaded with goodness, like really awesome book suggestions. We talk about all the effective ways to lead growing teams. Uh, We talk about the importance of unplugging and so, so much more. I don't want to spoil too much of it here, but trust me, a lot of laughs, a lot of really aha moments and uh, just a really good time. Before we get into the episode, a few great offers to toss your way thanks to today's guests. Jesse's company, Dagny Dover. If you don't know of it, you should. It's a functional bag company. They've got everything from wallets and backpacks to carry-alls, and they uh, just released these awesome MacBook cases over on Apple.com. Uh, they're offering Hurdle listeners an exclusive deal. Go on over to DagnyDover.com. You can use the code HURDLE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Again, that's DagnyDover.com. Hurdle 20 at checkout for 20% off of your purchase. And then also the ladies at Shine want you to have your daily, as they call it, I got this. Shine is a platform that they built. It sends free daily text messages with motivational quotes, positive affirmations, and actions you can take to just be a better you. An example of a text that I got this morning, I can do blank, but I could never do blank. Spoiler alert, you can do big things, Emily. Step one, shed self-doubt. Try it with this mantra, and then there's a click off to go get some more content on their website. And I think it's just really refreshing, honestly, because how many times do you look at your phone and you pick it up and you feel like super anxious, but with Shine, it's just like a nice reminder that I can handle whatever the day throws my way, you know? You've got to check it out for yourself. They're offering Hurdle listeners an exclusive deal. It's 50% off a premium plan. Just head on over to shinetext.com slash hurdle to claim your offer. Again, that's shinetext.com slash hurdle. And I believe that's it, my friends. With that, let's get to hurdling. All right. What's up, New York? Hi. I'm I can't keep track of where I am. Sometimes I don't know. I'm going to run through this line of wonderful humans next to me and introduce you. And then uh, what we'll do is we'll have you talk a little bit about your business, who you are, that kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe share with me a fun fact. I know. I should have, I should have prepped you with that. Okay. To my right, the co-founders of Shine. I have Mara Lighty and Naomi Hirabayashi. Oh, I feel so good every time I say that right. One time I, uh, what my 
what I thought was my best friend in college wrote me a check and she spelled my last name wrong and I couldn't cash it because she didn't know how to spell my last name. So thank you. <laughs> Lindsay Bishop. Well, welcome to you both. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Shine? Yeah. So thank you for, for having us. We're really excited to be here. Mar and I were talking earlier about this panel and there's all the industry events that you go to where, you know, you do your talking points, but this is the most, this is like what we live every single day. So we're, we're just really, really proud to be here. We co-founded Shine uh, based on the belief that well-being should be accessible, more accessible for everyone, which means more affordable, more representative, and easier than it's ever been. And that idea came from Mara and I actually meeting eight years ago at dosomething.org. I know it's crazy, it's a long time. Um, which is one of the largest organizations in the world for young people and social action. And while we were there, two, two big things happened. So Mara was the director of mobile product and messaging. I was the chief marketing officer. And um, we, we basically helped scale the organization from zero to five million members text message being a large uh, part of that. And at the same time, we became close friends that helped each other navigate credit scores or feeling some shame over credit scores, relationship advice, how to be good managers at a young age. And when we took a step back, we realized there was a massive opportunity to actually take our friendship and productize it based on our experience in text messaging. And that was the concept for our first product, which is uh, a daily message that helps you notice and accept your emotions. Fast forward two and a half years later, we have three million members. We have a new product called Shine Talks, which is uh, motivational audio experiences that live in iOS and Android. And we are every single day getting up to make it easier to take care of yourself um, at a time when it's never been more important. Well said. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And fun fact, Naomi just had a baby two months ago. <laughs> this is a big night out. So <laughs> thanks for having fact. me. I'm like, wow. Well, yeah, I had a niece, so not the same, but I had a niece, which is exciting. I feel like we had the baby together, though, in a lot of ways. You were there. She knows your voice more than anyone. Well, welcome. Thanks for coming. All right. Adam Callen, founder of Jane Motorcycles. Nice to have you, Adam. Hi, Emily. Tell me a little bit about Jane. So, well, first of all, thank you for having me, and it's, uh, it's an honor to be here. So, Jane Motorcycles is a men's clothing brand, essentially. Uh, we do outerwear, we make clothes for men, both on the bike and off the bike. So it's, you, you can wear protective armor, but you don't look like you've been on a motorcycle. Um, it's a little bit more fashionable, um, and that's something that we've always wanted to create. But it's not just a clothing brand. We have a, a cafe, we have a full coffee shop, and we build custom motorcycles. Um, which, by the way, it's funny that you two look like you should be working in a garage right now. Jesse and I are both wearing denim jumpsuits, and neither of us planned to do this simultaneously. I love it. I love it. I'm, you're both hired. <laughs> um, but so we, we build custom motorcycles. So essentially, it's motorcycles, clothing, and coffee. It's to create this community of a lot of creatives, um, entrepreneurs, uh, people that just want to kind of come together and create uh, something different. And uh, we're in Williamsburg, and I hope to you know, invite all of you to come out and check it out. Whenever I talk to anyone that lives in Williamsburg and I mention your name and Jane, they all say, I love to go get coffee there. Everyone. It's funny because, because, you know, motorcycles can be really kind of a scary thing for some people and they're intimidated by it. And um, we, we wanted to create something like the, the least opposite of what would be considered intimidating. So we named it Jane Motorcycles. 
Um, and we have you know, moms with their strollers coming in for coffee. 50% um, of people that walk in don't even ride a motorcycle, have any interest in motorcycles, but it, they just, they're intrigued by what they see. So we wanted to kind of cross over and, and transcend motorcycles. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming tonight, course, Adam. thanks. And last but not least, Jesse Dover. She's one of the co-founders of Dagny Dover. Welcome. You look great. Thanks. <laughs> As do you. Tell me a little bit about Dagny, Jesse. Um, yeah. So I am creative director and co-founder of Dagny Dover, which is a performance bag brand. Basically, what we do is make um, everyday bags super duper functional, also cool, um, and incredibly high quality at a great price point. Um, I... I think a lot of you, or some of you, I've seen some Dagny bags actually in the audience tonight. We'll be raffling off a bag later, so if you don't know us, you'll get to know us. Um, woo woo! That was from Nice. That's my favorite. Um, and I like jumpsuits, obviously. Would be my fun fact, I guess. Oh, Adam, you didn't give us a fun fact. I didn't. Um, yeah. All right, a fun fact, let me think. We don't have a dog, but we live in a building with about... 50 dogs, and we kind of steal the dogs and make them kind of our dogs. So we're, we're kind of a dog thief family. Um, and uh, it's not necessarily a, a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a fun fact. All right. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. A quick we kind of we, we, we stalk their Instagram accounts, and we, we really like make sure that, yeah, no, it, it goes deep. Oh, it's like you on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I'm down with that. My quick fun fact is my brother and I have the same birthday and we're four years apart. Isn't that fun? I know. So I've been using that as my fun fact since I was like ever had to give fun facts. It's a quick go-to. Okay, so all of you are co-founders and entrepreneurs. And so that means that you're pretty busy. Tell me what one thing that you do for yourself to stay well is. So that can be anything from fitness to mindfulness to how do you give back to you? What's your form of self-love in the wellness arena? Whoever wants to start us off. Yeah, I, I can start. Something that we, um, so Shine has been around. Oh, hi, Christina. Um, team member. Um, Shine has been around for, for two and a half years now. And um, I think in the really, really early days especially, it's very easy for your your hustle to bleed into your entire life. And um, can, can you actually show of hands who here is um, an entrepreneur now or considering entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think um, knowing that it's, it looks like like half the room are over, I think one of the most important things you can do is find a way to set boundaries for yourself. It sounds incredibly cliche. There's a million articles on like boundaries and what that looks like. And the moment you get started in this, you're like, what what were boundaries ever? Like, what does that even mean, right? Um, so a really lightweight way that we started to do that really early on was self-care Saturdays. So Saturdays, we don't check email. We're not online. There is zero expectation of communication. And it's actually similar for Sundays too, but Sundays, you know, if we want to get ahead, everybody has that like Sunday night scaries happening, right? So like Sunday's kind of like a half day in actuality in terms of like the freedom you feel. But I think, um, just being, you know, we're young in New York city and we just have so much 
like good happening that you can, it's easy to forget that when you're sucked into your KPIs and the fundraising process and investor feedback and all of the things that you kind of end up living and dying for as an entrepreneur, but you can't, you can't let that define how you function on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think it's much easier said than done and, and we're always working on that. But one way that I think is really lightweight is to give yourself a day, like give yourself some sort of rules and boundaries that don't have to permeate every single day. They don't have to feel like they scale to every moment, but they can feel like this is the day I'm going to put myself first, or this is the day I'm going to see my community. Um, that's been really important, and we've had that for the past two and a half years since we started. Is there anything you do consistently on a Saturday that you look forward to aside from not checking your email? I mean, brunch. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. I like to brunch. I like a good mimosa. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the thing is I think, um, you know, there's so many things that can be valuable, like working out and making sure you're taking care of yourself. But I, I don't limit, you know, and I just kind of like I'm going dancing this Saturday with some friends, you know, and I think it's important to um, just have that space for yourself. And it sounds, again, like so obvious, but you would be surprised once you're sucked into this process and the system, how much you forget that, you know, it's not about, you know, maybe you're managing a team, maybe you're, you have a co-founder, maybe you have a partner at home, like there's so many people that need things from you. So to remember to give yourself even just the time and space, even if it's open-ended, um, I think is just valuable in itself. Nothing says love to me like spicy Bloody Mary mix. Nothing. So good. So good. So good. Extra olives for me. <laughs> Seam. All right, Jesse. Um, I would say to kind of piggyback off of what you said, I think there's a lot of anxiety around starting a business and or running one because you always feel like everything, well, it kind of does start and end with you. Um, and so something that I've done that I think <clears throat> has changed like fundamentally my general happiness levels in life, um, because just, you know, having the freedom that comes with running your own business doesn't necessarily make you happy. It does make you fulfilled in one way, but um, I think incorporating a spiritual practice of some sort, in addition to like whatever workouts you do um, and other wellness practices you do is incredibly impactful. I didn't realize how impactful it could be before I started. So like, I'll just like go to church with a friend sometimes um, I'm not really necessarily a very religious person, but I find that just getting into like a spiritual place, sometimes it's yoga, um, sometimes it's just meditating like once or twice a day. Um, lately, I've been really into sound baths um, and um, like breath, breath work, breath therapy, um, I think has been something that was like, you know, to me, like, it used to be working out a lot and I hit a point where I was like, okay, your body's starting to kind of fall apart. Like what else can you do to like mentally get what you got from working out? Um, and I learned that just becoming a more spiritual being um, on the day to day has really helped me with that. Can I just ask a novice sound bath question? Please do. I don't know if Bring everyone knows how sound baths work or if I'm just totally on the outside, but how does one create a sound bath on their own, like at home? Or do you have to go do it somewhere? No, no, you can't. I like to go do it somewhere because I find that if I'm outside of my own environment, it makes me uh, less distracted, like visually and otherwise. Um, but I think, so I go to, I'm gonna just give a shout out now. I go yeah, to this spot in Brooklyn called Maha Rose and it's incredible. There's some really cool teachers there and what they'll do is they, um, they set up 
basically their own little band of spiritual instruments, excuse me, because I have no idea what they're called, but it's like xylophones and like other cool stuff. And uh, you lay down on the floor, like on a yoga mat or a blanket, and they'll kind of take you through this like hour or two hour sound journey uh, that kind of just like takes you, I guess, out of reality and, and makes you turn in, turn, turn inside. Um, if you wanted to do it at home, I'm sure you could just set up a yoga mat. And I have looked on Spotify, not Shopify, Spotify, and they have sound bath journeys you can go through. So you can just click play. And if you're a premium member, I would recommend <laughs> not doing it if you're not a premium member because the ads will definitely interrupt your flow. But yeah, you can probably create it at home. Amazing. Amazing. I should, I, I'm in. Let's Try go. It. Let's Maybe go. Maybe next week. I'm down. We have to wear these outfits. Yes. Done. <laughs> All right, Adam. Um, so for both mentally and physically, um, I definitely tie in surfing. Um, there is no place on earth I'd rather be than in the ocean paddling. Um, it is not only an amazing physical experience, but it's a mental and spiritual practice for me. Um, the world kind of slows down. I can't check my emails. Um, I am, because I can tend to be in this world very kind of aggressive and not aggressive, but just like all over the place. And while I'm in the ocean, I, uh, everything kind of slows down for me. Um, it helps with my relationships. Um, it helps me focus. It helps my business. It helps my, uh, like friendships and my family. Um, so that's number one. I love to surf. Um, being in New York City, it's not so easy to surf. The waves aren't always good. So I feel like I'm at my best when I'm working out four to five days a week. Um, and that looks like whether I'm running, um, lifting weights, uh, I am training Muay Thai. Uh, I'm taking the class um, with my fiance who teaches it right here. You should all take check it out. It's called The Class. Um, it's amazing. It's really called The Class. You can explain it. Or I mean, also, well, before you explain it, what I will say, disclaim about disclaimer about the class okay. is it's probably the most New York thing you could do in New York. Okay, so it's very New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's like a spiritual boot camp where you are working. Um, it's a physical experience where you're you're training and you're and every song is a different body part and you start from the bottom from the your lower body and you work your way up but it's uh and these are all like moves you've done in the past but with the with the song sequence and everything that you've done it kind of like opens up your heart and it's it and you you're get, while getting an amazing workout you're getting like you're moving through other stuff that you go through in life and it's 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 not just the physical it's 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 the mental and it's a uh, it's it's a, it's a amazing thing. you explained it a lot better than I could have. That was good. Um, Spiritual boot camp. Great descriptor. You okay. are also a really cool couple, I just want to say. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> no, no. Sound baths, then the class. Yeah. <laughs> then surf. Um, but um, so that's like on the physical side of things. Um, on the mental side, I, I, uh, I have a weekly men's meditation group um, where we, on a group level, meditate together. And we hold each other accountable by creating... Um, we have uh, work statements that we come up with. And so each work statement will be something that like holds you accountable to your feelings or your fears, or your anxieties or your goals. And we all check in with each other throughout the week to kind of make sure that we're actually being accountable to that. And that's just been an amazing kind of like northern star for me for, the, for each week. 
And I, one other thing is I host an, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at my place of business every Wednesday night. Um, uh, about 50 guys come, and it's a bunch of entrepreneurs, um, creatives, restaurateurs, just people f that, are, that suffer from addiction and alcoholism that uh, are just trying to live their best life. And uh, somebody with one day will come in that, that is just trying to save their life, or, and we all kind of surround each other and help each other and be of service to each other, and it's by far the most proud thing I've ever done creatively. Um, and it's just been a game changer for me. That's awesome. I, you just added a 2019 goal to my list, which is find a mindfulness group. I Raise your hand here if you meditate regularly. All right. I love meditating. I feel great when I do it. I actually genuinely uh, do it most often around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, which I know is a little weird, but I'll step into... I'm a WeWork member, and I'll step into a WeWork phone booth and hit a quick 10-minute de-stress headspace big on headspace, recommend it highly to all of you. And so I'll hit a 10 minute headspace and it helps me like come back to myself and chill out and probably not freak out about things that aren't worth freaking out over. But your meditation group sounds awesome. I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. I'll have to, I'll have to maybe female, female meditation group. <laughs> Jesse's like, I'm in, I'm in. So, all right, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Obviously you guys focus a lot on mental health uh, with what you do at Shine. Is there anything that you find uh, your uh, your members kind of speak most to struggling with from a mental health perspective? Like, I mean, obviously mental health encompasses a lot of different things. We all have a lot of different struggles, but is there anything in particular that you find people are voicing out or voicing concerns over more than, more than, more than often than other things? The, the number one thing when we, when we actually did a survey was around balance. And balance is such a, like, who's not struggling with balance? Everyone is. But if you break it down, I think what it, what it actually is, is around pressure. Pressure to perform, pressure to fulfill different roles, pressure to be at 100% in every single role in your life when we all know that, I think particularly as women, we're needing to, because of pressure, fulfill a lot more roles at once. I liken it to um, when you get more responsibility at work, but you don't get a pay raise or a job like title change. We're just expected to do all the things. Um, so I think pressure specifically around how you can be the best realistically when there's too much. It's actually too much. Like you can't have it all. You can't be the best at every single relationship and role in your life. And so what does that look like? And what we help our community do and what has been a big theme from the last year is the concept of autonomy. Just reminding ourselves of the agency that we have within our own life to, to actually practice emotional discipline and lead versus react to our life. I think that is a collective that a lot of us are feeling right now. I, I know we talk about this all the time. I feel it individually. Is this idea that we've all co-signed an expectation where we can always be on, we can always give our best. It's like, go bigger, go bigger, go home. Like, I'm in it, I'm in it. Like, you can sleep when you're dead. And the reality is, is that actually doesn't work. We burn out, we suffer, we look at what is like a very big, ambitious, and exciting life, and we resent it. And so what we're helping our community do is take a step back and say, of that balance, which is basically synonymous with pressure, like, what pressure are you putting on yourself? And what pressure is external? And how can you better distill and identify what are the real pressures and our perceived pressures? Because real pressure is real, but 
often, when, when I think about the things that stress me out the most or the things that I get the most in my head around, it's often other people's perception of me versus um, if I take that, that like kind of mindful moment and just say like, is this, is this real? Is it about me? Is it about like what I, what I actually need to do or is it about what I think that other people think that I should be doing? Um, and so that, that pressure and reminder of autonomy was a huge theme from last year. And looking forward, is, it's gonna be interesting to see how that manifests when we actually remind ourselves of our power. How much healthier can we be? How many more jobs can be created? How many more entrepreneurships will emerge when we just remind ourselves the power that we have to dictate our life versus just responding to it? Yeah. I think something that's really powerful, I, I just mentioned that one of my goals now is to obviously start some sort of meditation group. But what's really powerful is just this idea that you touched upon uh, of the goal to say no more often as well. I think a lot of the times when we say yes, it's because we care so passionately about the people that we involve ourselves with and we want to make them happy. But when you take a step back, sometimes saying yes actually does a huge disservice to you. And so you have to think about if you don't take the time to prioritize your mental health, then how can you be the best version of yourself for other people, which is something that can be super sticky. Is that something you can relate to? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's kind of like that, that thing you hear on every airplane um, trip. It's like, you know, if the oxygen mask comes down, you have to put your oxygen mask first before you help anybody else out. So if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you take care of anybody else? Exactly, exactly. And I think a question worth asking where when you're kind of in the middle of it and you're like, should I do this or should I not do this? Is, is it sustainable in that, let's say um, I said, you should, you should have inbox zero today. Like, sorry to cause people anxiety, right? But like, you should get back to every single person that reaches out to you today on Slack, text message, email in 15 minutes. And you might say, yeah, I could. And I would say, is that sustainable? And if you say no, if it's not sustainable, that means it's impossible. Right? What you're saying by saying it's not sustainable is it's not possible. It's not possible for me to continue to do this. So we set ourselves up to Naomi's point to this like level of impossibility, this expectation of doing things that we never necessarily agreed to do, um, but because of the responsiveness that we feel like we need to have, and I do think this over-indexes for women, but generally the responsiveness that we think we need to have has put us in a position where we think like, yeah, I can just do this today. Well, I'll just do this tomorrow. And that leads to a, a level that we know just isn't it's not possible which means that it something has to give and that's usually us and it's usually our mental health and how we feel on a daily basis so it's just that's like a gut check that I think is really helpful for when you're um questioning like can I do this tonight it's like 9 p.m I just got home from a really long day I need to get back to these emails I gotta do that thing and just questioning you know it, is it external or internal and also like is it sustainable if I do this tomorrow and I did this the day after and I did this the day after is that sustainable if not it's that means it's impossible so don't set yourself up for that yeah. um, oh really quickly the um I'm reading essentialism has anyone read that it's it's really good I read it around the new year and coming back from maternity leave and it was a very um, powerful read coming into the new year around like actually life is filled of mostly non-essential things like non-essential emails non-essential meetings non-essential conversations and what we have to do the biggest challenge for our generation is actually not how do we deal with technology it's how do we practice um, self-direction and self-discipline because there's so much distraction and all things 
a lot of times are created equal in terms of the weight and urgency in which we respond to them, but the reality is very few things in our day are essential. And so it's up to us to figure out how we self-direct to identify the essential. But an example that he gives in that, which is very related to well-being, is the, have you heard the example of how like you reward someone at um, performance by making them a manager where they stop performing on the thing? And it's a similar aspect of saying yes. Like, there's a lot of positive reinforcement that you'll get from saying yes. You're like the go-to person. You're the problem solver. You're the person everyone can always rely on. You'd want to be in like a bunker with this person. But if you keep saying yes over time, the ability to be that clutch person gets completely watered down because you're so burnt out. And so what originally made you that go-to, like, oh, I always want that person on my team, gets gets destroyed if you don't consciously get up every single day and say, what are the most essential things I'm going to do with my time? And I have to have the emotional discipline to say no, to protect my ability to perform, to continue to be that person. I like that you brought up books. I'm big on books. I'm a big bookkeeper. And I uh, am going to pose this question to all of you. If you have to give someone a gift and it is a book, do you have a book that you might lean to to give to someone else? So uh, last year, uh, two years ago, actually, and last year I, I read it, a girlfriend gave me the book uh, Journey to the Heart, and I read it every, yeah, I stole it. <laughs> I read it every single day for all of 2018, and I think I personally sold like a thousand copies of this book by posting it on Instagram, but uh, it was really motivating for me to, to really take time in the morning's first thing when I woke up. The way that the book is formatted is that each day has its own in individual meditation. And so starting my day with a meditation, starting fresh, thinking about something that was like not the thousand things on my to-do list or the things that were stressing me out from the day before really helped me turn inward and give back to myself in the morning. So if you were going to ask me that question, that's what I would say. So now I pose it all of you. You have the opportunity to give someone a book. What book do you give them? Well, <clears throat> are we the same person? Because that's the one that I was going to tell everyone to buy. So <laughs> definitely get that one if you don't have it. Um, I think that in terms of other books that could be good, Rex, um, Evolve Your Brain. I bought it because one of my um, like health mentors had suggested that I grab it. Um, and I started reading it. It was like, it's kind of thick. It was very daunting. But what it talks about is the psychology of how to change your habits and like why habits form. Um, and in the way that the messages were crafted, it was really helpful for me to understand like why I was repeating the same things over and over again, healthy or unhealthy, and kind of shift um, some of my behaviors in a way that was like sustainable for me long term. Um, and I think that one is like great for everything beyond health. It, it was actually really helpful for, for changing certain habits like in my whole life that I wasn't really super proud of. Evolve your brain. So I would gift the book. It's called The Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes. Um, and basically what it's about is it's an amazing book for men, but it's, it's an incredible book for men and women. And it is basically uncovering this, the, the different masks that we as men grow up wearing um, our whole lives, like the mask of being an athlete, the mask of uh, finances, the mask of being stoic, the mask of the know-it-all, the joker, like all of these masks that we grow up learning to kind of put in front of us that are false masks. Um, 
you know, like you grow up and you're here like, you know, you know, man up or like, you know, grow a pair, like all the things that like really kind of hide who you really are as a man. And this book uncovers these masks in a way that like really like lets you be vulnerable and lets you be a, a real authentic man and be be able to be like truthful with yourself and like and and just remove the mask and and for me it's, it was a, a very important book because I didn't grow up with very um, positive male role models. Um, I, I had you know a dad who was a, like a horrible communicator and um, I had some like physical like abuse in my in my in my childhood so that's what I, what I thought a man was like you know you fight and 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 you just have to like not be sensitive and th and this book is is flipped that on its head and it's really like showed me how to like really open up and and be what live a life what like a real man would live so i would give that to anybody that's that's awesome yeah. thank you you're awesome <laughs> i want you to speak just like a lot of groups of different people. I just Adam and I are going to go I on tour. That, just me, just me and Adam to yeah. different WeWorks around New York I mean, City. It's really cool. And I think vulnerability matters generally. And I think particularly being um, a man and, and like having different life experiences, it's, it's really important to share that. So thanks for sharing that. Um, simil in a similar vein of, of like my experiences affecting how I would recommend a book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad is a really good book. Um, it teaches you a lot about your patterns with finances and more than, I see shaking your head yeah more than anything from like religion to political views the number one habit that we uh, inherit from our parents is the way that we handle finances um there's a really good oprah video of her talking to will smith and jada pinkett about this if anybody's interested um but in, in the video will smith says like you know I, I achieved all this success i had all this money all this fame and i was still living like i was poor the way that i would spend money the way that i thought about my um he didn't say self-care, but ultimately like how he invested in himself uh, was in this kind of more sporadic, short-term um, way that, that feels like on the surface it'll make you happy. And I do think um, when I think about the things that make me better, it's how do I connect who I am and who I've grown up to be with where I want to go and who I want to be. And um, one of the, and why I loved your examples, I think one of the things that can be difficult is that there's not a ton of representation in a lot of media, right? Including the books that we're reading on a daily basis. So I think it's really helpful just as a more generic piece of advice to connect the leadership and entrepreneurship and just generally like advice books you read with your own experience. Um, and then Becoming, because it's really good by Michelle Obama. <laughs> it's really good. You already gave me one. Do you have anything else you want to throw into the book stack? The uh, other one that I would that I actually have most actively gifted is Gratitude by Oliver Sacks, um, and he's just he was the the, the first author I remember really um, humanizing psychology in a really powerful way. And Gratitude is a book of um, four essays. It's very short, and he wrote them in his last stages of life. And part of why you become a founder is for legacy. You want to do something great in the time that we have on on this planet. And he built such a meaningful legacy that wasn't about ego, but was about serving and empathizing with a very marginalized community of people that are experiencing severe neurological and like other mental health conditions. And I found gratitude to be one of the most beautiful um, perspectives on end of life that uh, 
is so much more than just end of life. It's really like, how do you carry that perspective and level of gratitude um, and compassion with you every single day? So you can read it in like 30 minutes. Um, he also wrote The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat, which is another great book. Highly recommend. Something I love that Mara did for Adam just now is that she told him that she really appreciated what he had to share. And it made me think about uh, something that I've done in my roles as a, as a manager. I obviously, I work for myself now as an entrepreneur and, and with the pod and with everything. But when I was a manager in-house at different publications, a skill that I worked on a lot was telling my employees when I really appreciated something they did or recognizing when they did something well and really voicing that I had concern and care and appreciation for everything that they did. So what is a skill that as a leader you have kind of honed in on or really fine-tuned uh, as you've grown different teams? That's deep. Um, <laughs> I only like, go deep. Oh. Um, I, I think feedback is a good example in that... Um, it is, there's always new levels of challenges over, over the years um, as you kind of go embark on your own journey. I think for Naomi and I, uh, bridging the gap between management and leadership, which can be two very different things, um, it has been just something that we've been learning. So um, as a really good manager at other jobs, sometimes my job was to protect people from the CEO. <laughs> like sometimes my job was to like, to like be like, I my job is to advocate for you, right? And that doesn't mean that like CEOs are like bad or top down. It just means that um, I felt like a shield. What do you do when you're the CEO, right? Like, so I think um, we're, we're 15 people now and we just have such an incredible, incredible team. The team is just so passion driven and um, everyone is there for, for the right reasons as I say on The Bachelor. Um, everyone is there for the company. Um, and one way we think about that is like, when we hire is, are you a first principle thinker? Meaning, do you think more than anything about the company's success than like, I have the best idea or I really wanna make Mara and Naomi happy, but are you joining us as a partner, somebody who is really thinking about the first principle of the business, which is what's best for our members. Um, and that is really beautiful. And I think uh, by nature of that, our team can be really hard on themselves because they're there uh, for the right reasons and they're really passionate about the work that they're doing and um, they, they just care very deeply. So not only can we have people that are hold themselves accountable, but sometimes too accountable. And so in our role, what, what we find we always need to balance is, of course, like more than anything as a leader, it's, it's the vision. It's what are we building this for? What are we going towards, right? And um, that doesn't always equate to like managing on a day-to-day -day basis, but that to me is the most important thing we can do as leaders of the company. And then on a day-to-day -day basis, I think to your to your original question of what are the things that we've got like worked on um, is the ability to give really specific feedback. So a feedback style we adopted from our previous organization is called SBI feedback. So SBI feedback stands for situation behavior impact. The idea that is that you give SBI feedback on a ratio of seven to one, so seven positive, one constructive, and that you're being very specific. So yesterday in that meeting when you gave a presentation about our product roadmap, I thought you were really concise and clear, and the impact was that everybody walked away with a really great understanding of what we're gonna be doing and um, feels more motivated uh, towards our product roadmap, right? So it sounds really simple, but being able to give that in person, to document it, um, 
publicly, we publicly praise privately critique. All of those values are a part of how we, um, we lead and we set the vision for the organization. And we also make sure, like we hold ourselves to that standard of seven to one. We make sure that our team is really clear on what are the things that we really love about how you do your job. And um, how can other people know that so that you can keep doing what you're doing and they can see that and look up to that. And, um, and then we have one-on-ones and quarterly reviews where we're using that time to give the feedback on the things that we think are constructive feedback that you can work on. That's awesome. Are That's you available? Really awesome. Are you available to uh, help us out over here? Well, I think it's hard, and I think, you know, that's not to say it, it's by any means, like, something, you know, that happened overnight, and I think I, probably for you all, too, like, one of the hardest things as an entrepreneur is you care so much, you care so deeply about the team, and you're also so busy, and so figuring out, like, how to balance those things and how to how to do that, I think for us having that threshold for feedback has been one way that's, like, really lightweight for us to execute that might mean that, like, oh, we missed that one-on-one -on -one yesterday, but we're going to reschedule for tomorrow, and you feel terrible in the moment, but you're like, like, am I giving that person clear feedback often? And if you say yes, then it feels like we're we're hitting a bar that at least we feel good about. Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, we're my company's a very small company too. We have about ten employees as well. And for for a challenge that has recently come up for us is um, we kind of treat everybody like family, and um, the lines can get blurred between um, responsibility and and family and 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 um, creating boundaries. And so that's been a challenge for me to like, because I want to just, I'm a people pleaser and I want everybody to love me and firing somebody is like, it hurts me to fire people. Um, but I, I have to get better at that when it just, when it's not appropriate for them to continue working um, with us. So for me, I guess the, the challenge of being a leader would be creating those boundaries and still, you know, making a comfortable place to work and a comfortable place where everybody wants to come and feel part of and buy into the, to the, um, the mission. But uh, to know that, like, I can't be their friend. I can be friendly with them, but I can't be their friend. What's something that you do to make your employees want to keep coming back? I mean, they get as much free coffee as they want. <laughs> um, you throw a great party. We do throw a good party. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty, we're, we're not a corporate we're not very corporate, we're, we're very, we have fun. Um, it's hard because because our people like working at our place because it's, I hate to sound cheesy, but like it's a, it's a cool place to work and people just like, like the people that come in and the interacting with people. So like they're meeting really fun people and cool people and smart people and that alone for them is, is worth it to them. And, and me and my business partner, are, we try to, uh, laugh a lot and like have fun and just like make people feel like they're not necessarily at work yeah and it's you can see that the all four of you have built businesses that you're really passionate about because you're all like nodding vigorously as adam's saying everyone that comes in that works with us has fun i think that's a really strong testament to what you're building all of you it's really special yeah fun is really 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 important because otherwise what's the point really um so to build off of what you guys both said, actually, those are awesome things um, in terms of like the framework and review process, incredibly important. Um, and I try to live by that as well. Um, and then the other thing actually on top of that that I try to do is keep people really um, engaged and continuously learning so that um, there's no like stagnation or like getting bored. Um, so just continuing to like create situations 
And you don't have to really spend money to do this. I, I don't think um, if a lot of you are entrepreneurs, I know sometimes that's a little bit scary. It was for us at first. Um, but creating enriching situations where people can learn things. So um, like having other founders come in and do chats or like um, making it like, you know, treating people as individuals because they are all different. Like some people in the office want to learn a language. They leave a little bit early one day to go to their language class. Um, so making sure that like you are filling them with inspiration, but also like enough time and thoughtfulness to like ful be fulfilled in the rest of their life as well. Um, because, you know, life is like a lot more than just work, although we're very passionate about work. And I think about work most of the time, to be totally honest. Um, I think one thing that I would have, that I've tried to try to spread, but I would have also liked to have known earlier in my career, like when we started, is that like work is one piece of the equation that's going to make you happy. Um, and making sure that like everybody on our team kind of like understands and practices that is important to us as well. I love that. It, it's, it sounds to me like you're saying enable your employees to find other things that find them joy. Yes. Okay. I was doing a prompt in that 52 lists to happiness journal. It's been, it's like on every shelf at Anthropology and every J. Crew and Urban Outfitters and everything. And so one of the prompts in the book is write down the things that bring you joy. And I sat there for about 10 minutes staring at this piece of paper, thinking that it would be so easy to articulate everything that makes me happy but also struggled a little bit with this idea that a lot of the things that make me happy are actually what I am doing for quote unquote work, which makes me also feel very fortunate and very blessed and very lucky. So I pose the question to all of you as very integrated people in your business, what is something outside of your business that brings you true joy? I can go. Um, I'm actually doing, I uh, got just randomly, my intention for this year was community, which meant um, uh, being more involved in my own community, being more involved in like Brooklyn and just like the city council and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I randomly got for Secret Santa 52 lists to community, which was, I guess is that same franchise. Um, and I think just generally, you know, even when Naomi and I think about like, I don't know, on a daily basis, like how are we sustaining ourselves? It, it really is helpful. And this is coming from an introvert, like somebody who really enjoys alone time and being by myself. Um, and I'm happy to over index in that category at any time. Um, I find, I found that like through the couple, two and a half years that we've been doing this, there are moments where I thought like, oh, it's about being alone. It's about just like, I just need to turn off and be by myself. And I would, I would, I would go toward that direction more than anything else. And I missed, I missed people. Like I missed relationships. I missed my friends. You know, Naomi and I work together, but we're like real life friends. And we, you know, we, we like, we have this now like ritual where every Friday we get to debrief and like, just to like brain dump from the week. And if, a lot of cocktails, old fashioned. And if we didn't, if we didn't do that, and when we don't do that, you feel the impact. And I don't think that everyone has to have a co-founder necessarily, or it has to look like that. But I think in this, in this journey, I think it's really important to have anyone that you find to be someone that you trust and you value their perspective and their opinion to be able to get feedback to brain dump to like not and not the friend you feel like you need to like get dressed up to hang out with because we all know there's like a different group of friends that you're like those are the people that like I love them but like I got to be on my a-game conversation wise like the friend that you can like be in sweats and just be like I'm just 
I'm fine right now. I'm not having a good day or a bad day. I'm just fine. Um, let's watch Netflix or whatever. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that could take a lot of different forms, whether that's family, um, it could be your favorite podcast. But I do think for me, it's been community and it's been having um, even just one or two people, including my co-founder, that I at least on a weekly basis get time with. And I just one last point on this, I think particularly as women, we get to this place sometimes where we feel crazy, where we're like, am I crazy? And that can be from like a tough meeting at work, a tough conversation, a weird interaction with an investor, a like product thing you thought of that maybe didn't work out. And I know personally, if I spend too much time in my own like bubble, I'm like, you're, it's, it's you, you're crazy. Right. And so I think, um, I know I've mentioned this a lot about like our intersectionality and how it affects our experience, but I think it is really important to remember that who we are and our life experience colors all of this and privilege colors all of this. And I think we are obviously very privileged to even have this opportunity. And there are different um, nuances to our experiences that it just really, really matters to have a sounding board to be able to validate and give you feedback and just give you a place outside of yourself to get some context. Connections bring you joy. What brings you joy? Similar to like, what are the things outside of work and community? The the most immediate thing that came to mind is I have a group of uh, friends. We mostly it's at least high school, but a lot of us grew up like middle school, elementary school together. I know it's very rare in terms of having friends like over that span that whole period, and so I feel really lucky. And twice a year we get together. We do Chrismica in December, and we do um, an annual girls trip every August, where we all pretend that we're 15 years old. We get kind of drunk, and um, we dance and have a really good time. I wasn't getting drunk at 15. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. no, That's I fine. mean, yeah, it's cool. wine coolers. I was. No, I mean, it's it's evolved. It's evolved, um, and it sounds really. It sounds like. I mean, it's like friends, but um, I think specifically what always has been really meaningful about our relationship and what we like really kind of saw each other, you know, instantly connecting was this idea that entrepreneurship to me always felt very binary. It's like that person is an entrepreneur. That person is the person that is like all in, doesn't have anything else going on in their life. The only way to be an entrepreneur is to like live, like sleep, die, everything, your company. And we all know that like, there's a little bit of that that's true in terms of just the, the level of personal investment, yes. But what I found really interesting and like cool and fascinating about Mara is she was so driven. She was so aspirational to me in terms of someone that I really admired and someone that I really wanted to be like professionally. And I called the sleepover test. It's like, who would you want to have a sleepover with? I want to have a sleepover with Mara. Like we could just chill and watch Netflix and have fun to your point of like those people that you can be off with. And I... I struggle to see that in entrepreneurship. And now that we're in it and we're redefining this new persona of what it means to be an entrepreneur, someone that is very passionate about their career and the company they're building, but can also take a step back and breathe and be a normal human being sometimes. The group of girls that I'm friends with, when we're together, there is, we don't ever talk about work. They, half of them are like, what do you do? I don't understand how you guys get fun. I don't understand it. Um, and that's amazing because it's not about that. It's about a point of reference and a point of just kind of like pure joy that um, is so needed and, and also um, totally rejects this idea that as you get older as, as a woman, that the way that you fulfill that is in more kind of like, traditional monogamous ways like we it's it's truly like these are the women that make me feel home and I love my husband and I love my child and I I love my girlfriends just as much Adam 
Um, those are all great things. Uh, I mean, I love New York City, but I love to get out of New York City. <laughs> yes. Um, New York City can, I mean, I'm from Los Angeles and I love nature and I love being outdoors and I love to um, breathe real oxygen. And um, New York only has fake oxygen. Yeah. Uh, and so if I can get away, even if it's just out uh, like upstate or, you know, out east, um, travel is very important um, to, to kind of recharge my batteries because Living in New York City is exciting and it's great and you can, there's no city like it and you can hustle and you can get anything done, but I will burn out if I just continue to go like hard seven days a week. So just getting away and going, I mean, I love the beach. I love, I love, I, lo I sound like such a California dude. Um, it's cool. But uh, you're owning who you are. California like just means healthy too. It's like, it's yeah. a good thing. No, I know. I know. That sounds great. Not um, super stressed. Uh, so hopefully, you know, I just like to, to, to get away and to travel. I would say that for sure. Jesse, what brings you joy aside from sound baths? Yeah. And jumpsuits, obviously. Um, I like to play. I think that, um, when we were first starting our company, something that we forgot to do that we didn't necessarily know that we were doing, it's sort of the trap that you were talking about, which was like 24 seven. It's all about work. It's all about the company. We need to get it like off the ground. We have to be the first people to market. Ugh. And, um, Something that I had, I was, I think we were all missing a little bit was just like remembering to be playful. Um, and so I really enjoy playing with like my little brother, my youngest brother's eight. And he just makes me laugh, man. Like he posts the funniest videos online. And when I'm with him, I, I'm like so, so present and I act like a, a six-year-old. Um, but I also try to bring that into the office sometimes. Like you can get caught up thinking about the future and you're not necessarily always in the present mind you're planning for what's next or who's going to get this done or uh, how are we going to like make all of our goals for 2019 before the end of February. Um, and having moments where you're allowing yourself to be present and like the rest of the office to be present, I think is really, really important. Um, and I do kind of the same thing where we take a couple times a year, me and my friends that I grew up with from elementary school, none of them live in New York, but we'll go um, to a destination that does not have internet access or phone access. And we'll just play, like hike, run around, cook, like do, normal things where we can be completely 100% present. Um, and that brings me complete joy. You know, what's crazy. The last place that I was in that didn't have internet or phone access, I went back to my high school to talk and they block it. All of it. There's no phone service at the high school. There's no internet. I was walking through the hall, taking a video. I was going to talk to a journalism class. And one of the students walks by me and she says, without like me even having a chance to look at her, if you're going to try to post that on Snapchat, it's not going to work here. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, thank you for that. Can you show me where Mr. Braxic's class is? Thank you. Okay. Uh, great joy. I love it. I love it. Okay. So we're starting to wind down here. Uh, and... A way that I typically like to wind down Hurdle is by asking uh, everyone on the show, and you've all had this opportunity with me, but maybe a new tidbit, to offer uh, everyone in the audience one of the best pieces of advice that you've been offered in your career. So it can come from anyone uh, that's really impacted you and maybe your leadership style or how you carry yourself day to day. I think um, one of the, the best pieces of advice 
I could give that I think we we learned is to know your power. And that comes into play in a lot of different scenarios. But I think particularly as entrepreneurs, you just feel really exposed. Like you feel like your heart's like out. I hear this is what having children is like. I don't know. But it's like you feel like something that like the thing that you're putting all of this like vulnerability and energy and your, your life it feels like into is out there for people to judge and for people to um, critique and sometimes invest in or not invest in. And, you know, Naomi and I have raised three rounds of funding now. We've gotten hundreds and hundreds of no's. And um, part of that is that in, in our example, uh, venture capitalists, like their whole job is to say no to people. I mean, mostly, right? It's to find like that one needle in the haystack, but 99% of their meetings, they have to say no to people, it's to judge people. And as entrepreneurs, your whole job is to put your heart on your sleeve and um, sell a huge, huge vision for what you want to accomplish in the world. And so that dynamic can lead to a power structure, particularly based on who you are, where you're from, what you look like, that feels like you don't have any power. But I think the thing that we learned, and this is through investors, this is through um, vendors like our, our legal team, um, agencies, is that it is because of who you are and what you have experienced that you're uniquely positioned to do exactly what you're doing or what you're going to do. And remembering that and like really feeling that is the only way you'll be able to navigate whatever world you're entering into and like trusting that gut. Um, I think it's a, a common trope and it's not, it's not you, like it's, it's the way that the, the system is set up, but in that we don't feel like we have power in moments where there are people who are well-practiced and well-trained in wielding that power, um, but you do have your own unique power and that's exactly why you should be doing the thing that you're doing. And so get validation on your idea, get feedback, um, grow be open to that, but don't forget that this whole system works because we come up with ideas, right? And we try and get funding for those ideas or we grow those ideas on our own, but that, that's the only way that it works. So just know that power. Another goal for 2019, speak as well as Mara in front of large groups of people. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's a slow, it's a slow test, slow burn. All right, someone else give me some good advice here. Um. <clears throat> kind of similar to what you were saying, somebody told me this a long time ago, um, is to embrace being a beginner. Like really, really like relish the, the fact of being a beginner. Because when you're a beginner, first of all, you only have that one chance to be a beginner in whatever venture you're, you're about to start. And um, you're not gonna have all the answers, but you're going to, and you're gonna make mistakes, and you're gonna fail. Like, like your venture capitals are going to say no to you, and and um, you're you're going to make wrong decisions. But if if you if you realize that you're a beginner, you can pivot, and you can make edits, and you can make changes, and um, you take your ego out of it, and know that you don't have all the answers, but but you can ask people for help. Something that's that like I, my ego has always prevented me from asking people in my prior life to ask people for help. And um, it's okay to not have all the answers. And um, we're not perfect. Um, I'm not saying don't strive for perfection. But um, if, if you are constantly waiting for that perfect, perfect, perfect moment to, to, to make that, to put that foot forward, you're never going to do anything. So embrace the beginning of it. And I, I just think there's something really beautiful in that. 
I think it's also understanding that mistakes or failures don't need to be viewed as mistakes and failures. They can be viewed as lessons. And that's something that I've definitely been working on throughout the past few years, for sure, specifically. Advice? Um, I think I have a, a couple. The first one is get comfortable being uncomfortable because you'll spend a lot of time being uncomfortable, being a beginner, getting said no to, um, knowing that everything really you're going to encounter when you start a business is most likely for the first time. Um, and being comfortable in that in that place where you're like a little bit unsure or you're thinking about it before bed, like be cool with that. It's going to be fine. You'll get through it. Everything is temporary. Um, and then the other thing that I, I found to be actually really helpful in practice was less best, nothing else. And when we were first starting, we wanted to do everything. Like there's so much opportunity. As soon as you start to dig into your idea, you're like, whoa, we could do this and we could do that. And then we could have this whole club of people that are doing this. And then we could start like, this other platform because it makes total sense. And um, we would get to points frequently where we'd be at a little bit of a standstill because we're like, we can only do like tiny fraction of each of those projects every single day. So making sure that we um, were, I guess, making sure that we were all three comfortable with doing less and doing it better and giving each other the space and the time to make sure that we could do that um, was really, really important. And although something is a great idea, I think um, obviously, as you pointed out before, like you can only do something once you start taking the first steps. Um, and so I think that like, calming down, making sure that you're comfortable doing a little bit less is really, really key. Um, and then just taking those first few steps and knowing that you're not going to do everything right away. It's okay. I love that. And again, there's so much beauty in being a beginner and starting and it can feel really intimidating, but know that everyone at some point in their life in so many different instances is a beginner and, and you're definitely not alone in doing that. Naomi. Uh, some... Lay it on me. <laughs> Something that I struggle with the most that is still is still like very much a work in progress is I was not prepared for the level of insecurity that happens when you do something big. When you actually like take the risk, you try something totally new, you're completely exposed, you're you're an amateur at it. Um, and that, you know, it feels really obvious, but I, I really struggled to figure out who I was as a co-CEO, as a founder. A lot of where I had... Um, just really like gained my confidence and like sense of self was from being the the like very collaborative um, approachable person and that sometimes works as a co-CEO and sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes you have to be much more direct, you have to be more firm, you have to have more conviction and it took me a while to um, unravel what that meant. It was like a lot of self-exploration and I wish someone had told me that of course like when you feel absolute conviction and you're kind of coming off this high of taking this huge leap and you've gotten some level of validation to, to take that leap, otherwise you wouldn't be there, um, there's gonna be a, a huge cliff. There's gonna be a, a dip, at least for me, um, in that it's not where you'll stay, but what it is is a completely new experience that's building to something bigger than you could have ever imagined. I've learned more in the last two and a half years at Shine as, as a co-founder than I learned in all of my, you know, 12 years of experience professionally. And it was such a like self-exposition that I, I just wasn't prepared for it, quite honestly. And it's helped me to realize that it's, it's a progress and a process and all of that stuff. Um, but to, to 
be self-compassionate around like that uncomfortable, like weird, uh, am I doing this right feeling is coming from doing something totally new. And I just wish I had um, given myself more space to to tell myself that at the beginning. Now it's like, it's just part of, it's just part of it. But at the beginning it felt like I was, I was doing it wrong or I wasn't, wasn't tough enough. The cool down, as I'll call this question. The last tidbit from all of you, we talked a lot tonight about uh, goals for the new year. I feel like everyone's talking about those until at least February when you have to have them all done. So the last question I'll ask you guys today, what's a, uh, what's a goal you have? Hurdle talks a lot about health and wellness. What's a goal or a thought you have on how you can be a little bit healthier, think a little bit more wellness uh, throughout 2019? For me, so I, yeah, I just had a baby. She's two and a half months old. She's awesome. Um, and, you know, there was, there is a reality to being a, a founder and maternity leave and what does that look like? Um, and something that I decided early on that is still working on it is that one, I'm doing a great job. I just have to tell myself every single day that I'm doing a great job or it will just, it like both sides lose, right? The company loses and like she loses. Um, The second thing is that uh, quality over uh, quantity. I'm not with her 24 seven, but when I'm with her, I try to put my phone down, look her in the eye and be as present as possible with this like new bundle of joy. Um, And and three, trying to remember the lessons that I picked up in pregnancy, which was I was so much kinder to myself when I was pregnant than I ever was before. And it should not take becoming pregnant, um, to talk to myself that way and to set more boundaries and to be, and to just be, um, more self-compassionate. I should be that way anyways. And so how am I carrying that with me, um, forever? Not just because I was pregnant. <laughs> like I should just do, I should just do all the time. So she's, she's helped me a lot. And, um, yeah, just being, being present with her and being kind to myself about this like new journey that I'm on as a, as a new mom. Wellness goals, 2019. You're doing a great job. Um, I think for me, it's, uh, so I don't know if it's a secret, but I love control. I really enjoy controlling things. Um, so when I set like a new year's resolution or an intention, I'm like, this is how I'm going to do it. And And to your point, like 80% of new year's resolutions fall off by mid February. And just generally, I think, um, control is a double-edged sword. Um, I've read something really beautiful recently about intention setting um, in that uh, it's an Eastern practice just around this idea of when we set intentions, we often try to then control those intentions and plan around what does it look like. Uh, but intention really means just reception, like openness, right? So if my intention is community this year, or if it's like, you know, we want to ship a certain product or raise a certain amount of funding, just being open to receiving that and letting things happen. Um, so, so my goal is to trust the process. And trust the process before, uh, to me, sounded like lazy. I don't know, it sounded like, but, but I can't trust it. I got to take care of it. If I don't handle it, who's going to handle it? And I think that that is certainly, you know, there's, some, there's a place that that comes from that has, has prepared me to where I am um, and that I, I really enjoy um, handling things and that's great and also um, good things I believe that good things happen because there is a, a level of openness to those things and they come to you in a way and I think we can get in our own way by trying to make it come to us in the way that we think it should and to over plan and, and like prioritize and process um, and so it, it's very difficult for me and not that I'm like very organized it's just that I'm very I like to control things um, so I think um, I think 
trusting the process this year will just, to your point, Jesse, just really help me enjoy it a lot more versus feeling like it's Friday night at 9 p.m. I just went to the Alamo with my partner and I get home and I'm like, ah, I didn't send that email and I didn't do that thing. Like, is that going to cause you know, X, Y, Z thing to happen. And I think when you can, when you can like allow yourself to just be open and like truly trust the process, it doesn't feel like every little thing needs to be controlled and that, you know, you'll get to it. Goals. Um, I think what I'm really striving for is to have real deep human connection. Um, not just the kind that I'm can tend to have, which is like, hey, what's up? How are you? You good? Okay, cool. Nice Look to see you. Yeah. Eye. Yeah. Hi. And and then just kind of one minute conversation and on and on to the next because I I can tend to um I can I if I'm being honest I tend to be very like superficial at times with the conversation and I and I don't like that and I and I want to really challenge myself to to to, to have like a like a real human interaction with people. And um, and slow down, and really like the city is like you can. There's a million things going on at once, and you can you can get kind of caught up in that. And I feel like it's okay to slow down and kind of just 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 take some time with with a friend, a, a family member, or like a stranger, and just meet somebody and just really like have a conversation. Life goes pretty fast sometimes, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Jesse. Um, I think that. Um, mine would be, it's um, pay, pay less attention to what you look like and more attention to how you feel. Um, as a fitness junkie, I would call myself, I think I've been naturally kind of always um, driven slightly by like the way that my body looks. Um, and I think as much as I would like to say that that is not part of what drives me to work out and be healthy. Um, it is. And actually, one thing that I learned from someone in the office, Marie Louise, who's not actually here, um, is to really like turn inward, focus on how I feel and kind of do what I think is right. That's not to say I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop working out and being active and healthy. Um, but being driven by like internally kind of what's going on, um, is something that I would like to do this year. I love that. I'm all about that. I, I'll just chime in quickly uh, about mine. I sat down with Ryan Flaherty. He is the senior director of performance at Nike at their headquarters. And he said something to me that really resonated for this year, which is to be where your feet are. I think it's so easy in our world of social media and connection and multitasking and building and everything that we're all doing all the time to not be fully present. So to touch on your point about just being where your feet are, listening, developing those genuine connections and just knowing that where you are right now is exactly where you need to be and really to trust that. So that's what I'm trying to do more of in 2019. Let's, uh, let's give it up for these guys. How awesome are they, right? Again, thank you so much to, to WeWork Labs for having us here. If you don't already follow Hurdle on Instagram at Hurdle Podcast, also subscribe to Hurdle in the iTunes store. I would really appreciate it. Feel free to take your phones out right now and take lots of photos and tag Hurdle and all of these lovely people. Uh, and also uh, share it with a friend. It means a lot to me. I started Hurdle about a year ago and it's 
uh, a huge passion project and something that I've had so much fun meeting some of you here in the audience and continue to travel the globe literally and and meet awesome humans. So uh, where can they find all of you on social media? Where they, can they find your businesses? Give them the lowdown. Give them the deets. If you feel like life's tough and you need a pep talk on a daily basis, Shine will be your daily pep talk. How's that feel? We're trying that out now. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that marketing lingo worked like, on me. We're like looking at a video concept. Shine is your daily I got this. It's your daily I got this. That's right. Um, so, but in all seriousness, I think everything we talked about today inc is incredibly uh, relative to what we're doing at Shine. And we're helping you practice self-compassion on a daily basis. So um, if you go to the app store and download Shine, we'll send you a free daily text message that'll help you check in with yourself. There's two research-backed articles that are brand new every day in that messaging experience. And then you get access to our audio library of pep talks and it's at shine text on instagram right got you adam uh you can find us on instagram twitter all the social um t tags at at jane motorcycles j-a-n-e motorcycles um i'm adam underscore jane moto and uh you can also find us at our brick and mortar store in williamsburg um would love to have all you there and hope to see you guys jesse at Dagny Dover, D-A-G-N-E-D-O-V-E-R. And we also have a pop-up open right now, actually, at 419 Broom, if you want to stop in. I am at Emily Abadi. Also, make sure if you have a hurdle moment that you want to share with me, feel free to email me. It's just emily at hurdle.us. And that's it. Another hurdle conquered. Thanks, guys. Thank